Hey, welcome to the show with no name, Grant Cohn, Coach Noah Johnston, vet. It's been here a long time. The Uh, Rat Bastard Show. The Rat Bastard Show. (laughs) Man, I got to capitalize. I got to put that on a t-shirt and sell that. (laughs) Okay. Um, So the Niners have week two of OTAs now. Uh, No media availability today, but they will be practicing in front of the media tomorrow. And so thinking about their team and, one of the themes that came out of week one is sort of like new new scheme on offense, maybe. New run scheme. Maybe more of a power run scheme. Uh, hard to tell when they're playing seven on seven. But it is something that I think we need to discuss because Mike McDaniel's gone. He was a big part of the architecture of the offense. Of course, Kyle Shanahan is too. But now Anthony Lynn replaces him, and Anthony Lynn has a lot of experience. He's been a run game coordinator as well. I think he'll have some creative input on this offense. Uh, what do you think of the 49ers potentially s- switching up their run game or evolving it? Well, I, I think what you have to do to maybe predict what, what might happen is to look to look to the past. Look at look at what what's what's happened in the past. What does Kyle like? What is the guy, what are what does this the people that are involved normally, like I know Bobby Turner's not here, right? But he was here previously. He's he's been with the Shanahan's his entire the entire time, um, both Mike and Kyle. His first year that he's not with them, um, and you know, best believe Mike Shanahan is still is still involved in giving his his input, um, and and so I think when you look back, I think there's this notion that Kyle likes speed speedy backs. He lo- he likes slashers. He like when you look back. That's not the case. In fact, I went back and I looked. I looked at all the backs that Mike Shanahan and Kyle produced via uh, Mike's time as a head coach and Kyle's time as offense coordinator in 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 all the stints at from the Broncos to the Commanders, to the Browns, the Falcons, and the 49ers. There, the backs that you would consider are bit big backs produced about twenty five thousand rushing yards and 193 touchdowns the backs i would consider slashers the guys speedy backs light lighter uh had about 10,000 yards and 71 touchdowns yeah um, and there's there was 13 of uh i'm sorry there's 12 of those backs and there was 24 backs that i would consider the 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 bigger you know bruiser style backs and i think so I think when you're looking back, his preference is really to the bigger backs. Yes. And, and I I agree with that. And I think it's, it's he just kind of fell into some small ones in Atlanta and had so much success, I think he tried to recreate it. But now, I mean, uh, also maybe, maybe it's a Bobby Turner preference. But I think Anthony Lynn definitely likes bigger running backs. And I think we got to look at – you said looking into the past. We got to look at Anthony Lynn's past because, you know, he was a – he was a interim head coach. He was an offensive coordinator in Buffalo in 2016. He did such a good job. He became a head coach for a while that year. He had Tyrod Taylor, LaShawn McCoy and Mike Gillisley. They ranked number one in rushing yards and number one in rushing touchdowns. That's quite a thing to have on your resume. And I think what's interesting about that achievement is that that type of run game looked way different than what the run game looked here last year. Like for example, last year, the Niners ran the ball, 332 times from under center, from under center and uh excuse me 167 times from the shotgun in 2016 buffalo their splits were 
128 times from under center and 365 times from the shotgun. And in the shotgun, they averaged 5.7 yards per carry and had 21 rushing touchdowns. So Anthony Lynn has a little bit of an expertise in that quarterback, not driven, but quarterback involved shotgun run game, which is what the Niners are going to be doing a lot of with Trey Lance. And I think you're going to see a total flip where you're going to, whereas last year it was two to one under center to shotgun runs. I think you're going to see it flip back to, uh, this way. And a lot of the shotgun runs are between the tackle type stuff. I don't know if you call it power. I mean, maybe it's inside zone, but it's still like between the tackles, not like the pitches to Elijah Mitchell as much. Yeah. Uh, but, but I still think those the bigger, I still think you're going to see a lot of outside zone and I, I still think it's going to be their bread and butter. Um, there's, I think there's, there's a notion that you need the fast Raheem Mostert back to run outside zone. And that's just not, it's not Aaron Foster cool. did it really well. Right. Yeah. Terrell Davis. Terrell, Terrell yeah. Davis was a fullback in college. Yeah. Um, and Aaron Foster legit ran a four seven. He was hella slow, but he was really I, good. I was looking at, so in, in this process, I'm looking back at a lot of the, of those backs. They're all four, six, four, four, five, eight. Even some of them are like four, seven, like all of them are all like that, but you don't, you don't need to have the explosive. You you got to be able to you got to be able to see the hole. You want to find the hole and then accelerate. It's really the it's really the acceleration. It's not the the forty time. It's the acceleration because an an explosive run is not eighty yards. An explosive run, depending on who you know how you look at it, is like it's can be fifty you know fifteen. Usually people term them I think between fifteen to 20, 15 to twenty yards or is an explosive run. I agree with you. They're definitely going to keep the outside zone in their offense, and it's important because that's how they build their their play action passing game off of that. They're explosive. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the pocket movement stuff. Still, though, I do have a feeling they're going to run the ball more than three hundred times from the shotgun this year, which is going to be a total departure from what they did in the past. Because why wouldn't you do that with a mobile quarterback? Sure. I think it's exclusive. I mean, you want to do some under center, but there's going to be a lot of shotgun stuff because you really can't take advantage of the quarterback being a running threat from under center. You can take advantage of him as a play-action threat, but as a runner, you want him in shotgun. And I think Anthony Lynn's shown he knows what the hell to – he hasn't really had a quarterback like Tyrod Taylor since then. He had, what, Phillip Rivers and Justin Herbert and Jared Goff. Yep. Now he's going to – he has a legit – I'm excited to see what the run game looks like because I feel like we've seen a little bit of it. You know, we've seen the Niners run, you know, a little bit with Trey Lance and some zone read and stuff, but I think it's going to be a new emphasis this year. And you can you – can- you can run outside. You can run outside zone. You can still run outside zone with a, with a QB option off of it. I mean, the 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 quarterback would just have an inside. His he would have an inside path. Sure. Right. Yeah. Which, which you've seen. You know. You, I think early on, uh, the uh, the 49ers and, and Kyle loved this. Like he loved he loved to go five wide and just run and just run Lance up the middle. Right. 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 Uh, they could do stuff like that. Um. I do think what you're going to see is a little bit less of Elijah Mitchell too, because if you look at his splits, he was way better from under center than from the gun. And his, his bread and butter play was the toss left, right. He was really great on that toss. Uh, They're still going to do it, but not as much. And I think this shift to the shotgun could breathe life into his career. You know what you could also do to, to merge as soon as you can going back to Colin Kaepernick, because you can go pistol pistol. Ooh, that would be quite interesting to see the pistol back. I mean, they, they've done it some with Jimmy Garoppolo, but what's the point? Yeah, you, you can, you could, you could run all. You would still have your your QB run game in the pistol, and it would still allow you to, you outside know, yeah, yep. you can run all your your normal run game off of it. Yeah, 
and you could do some play action. It's, it wouldn't be quite as effective as the under center stuff, but it would still have your you still turn your back, have the quarterback turn his back to the defense, which sells it. So yeah, and have I think it's going to be just bigger, a much bigger run game, which is crazy because they done a, they did a lot in the past. But there's going to be this eleven on we're going to see the eleven on eleven Niners run game. It's going to be really interesting. And I, Anthony, all of my point is that Anthony Lynn has shown he's like, I mean, I don't know if he's a master of it, but his last year doing it, he was first in rushing yards, first in rushing touchdowns. And this was not – he had LaShawn McCoy, 28-year-old LaShawn McCoy, Tyrod Taylor. See, I mean, see what he's got. Now he's got Jermichael Hasty. all right? I once made a video. People say I'm negative. I once made a video of Jermichael Hasty, like early on in his career, calling him mini Marshawn Lynch. Got like 40,000 views. And then and then Tony Romo called him mini Marshawn Lynch on a – on a broadcast, which really drives home that he does his research by watching my YouTube channel, which is smart. Tony Romo. Sorry. Hey, shout, out, shout out to Tony Romo. Uh, do you think the 49ers need at wide receiver was overstated this offseason? Um, I think, like, I remember in the offseason, everybody at the first, like, as soon as the offseason happened, oh, we need to get this receiver. We need. We need the first pick needs to be wide receiver, and people Christian had, yeah, people had like this long, yeah, right, Christian Watkins, Christian Watkins, long list of, yeah. of wide receivers that they wanted, and you know it's and it's funny because I would remind people like Juwan Jennings just had a really good postseason, like really he was really really good, made key plays in key moments, you know, caught everything that was thrown at him, and then. It's funny. The first day of camp, he's one of the he's one of the names that pops out of people's people's mouths as having having a, a great camp, right? Yeah. So like, while they did draft Danny Gray, it's not like they used the first pick on him. I, I think people are kind of underselling Jennings. Um, I think he's, he's he's poised to have a very very good year, and uh, I think. You can't forget his his pro- productivity in key moments last year. I'm, calling, I'm, I'm picking. I'm, I'm calling up his uh, his numbers right now from the playoffs. Uh, I got him at. Tell me if I'm wrong. Did he catch any touchdown passes in the playoffs? I don't think I, he did. I thought he. I thought he I got thought one he week 17, but he had six catches, 43 yards. Uh, that's. I mean, that's good for fifth best on the team. Elijah Mitchell had seven catches. George Kittle had seven catches. Ayuk had nine. Debo at ten. I think that's. I mean, the Niners only had two two receiving touchdowns in the in the playoffs. Was, Is that right? Was the. But yeah, no. He, I mean, Jawan Jennings and Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell took uh, check's touches. Usechek had two catches in the playoffs. Because the quarterback in the playoff was lighting it up, right? Like he was. He was, he was so good. He was winging it. He around. was just winging it around. No, Jawan Jennings definitely no, six catches. Kittle had seven. I mean, there you go. He didn't right. have many yards, but it, he was targeted in very specific ways too. You know, third down, red zone, and he came through. Right. So yeah, I, I think people are underselling Jennings, and obviously, uh, you started talking about Ray Ray McLeod. I think I think uh, I think Vish was yeah. one of the first guys on them using him as a wide receiver. Barry Baller, Barry Baller, eighteen. Yeah, added just like Arden Key. I just want to say real quick what I saw from him. He looks good. He looks like a legit slot receiver, not just a gadget guy. Yeah. And I mean, he had a lot of targets last year in Pittsburgh. He played with Josh Allen. I think he, what I saw is a guy who's very confident in his hands and catch the ball away from his frame over the middle. So, I mean, he looks like he's probably going to 
be right there with Jordan. He might get more targets than Jennings, but both of those guys, they seem like a really ideal slot tandem. One guy, six, three, one guy, five, whatever, nine, seven, eight. Yep. Yeah. Nice little combo. And, and I think, I think Greg is just going to, they're going to use him in Travis Benjamin role, just use him to take the top off the exactly. Top off. And whatever they get out of him is, is a bonus is a plus. If he develops into, into, into something more then it's a plus. So, I think he was the 17th or 18th wide receiver drafted. You can't have super high expectations, but I no. do think he should be better than Travis Benjamin right away. <laughs> I do. Seriously. And Travis Benjamin would get targets. Big time yeah. uh, down the field targets on shot plays. They would call shot plays for Travis Benjamin. Crazy. Sorry. Sorry, Travis. But and I was like, you really wanted it for him? Uh, yeah, I think they're going to do stuff like that for Danny Gray. But, yeah. I, but real quick, I think they're, that, that, that little trio of Danny Gray, Jawan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod, they can all be the number three guy in different situations. They're Correct. All they all complement each other. It's a nice, uh, you know, compliment. It's a nice two night two nice additions to Jawan Jennings. But what, what really quick, what I wanted to say was, I'm watching Jennings. He did play well, but he went up. He started outside last week because Jen, because Debo's not there, so he went up against Traverius Ward early on. I mean, I don't know what I was, you know, what you would expect, but Traverius Ward handled that. So Jennings is really at his best in the slot. As a, you know, just cool though. I mean, he's getting some opportunities outside. It's not like he's exactly built for that. I mean, but but he also how many how many other teams have that corner? Um, I mean, let's. There's only one Traverius Ward in our hearts. And in our, yeah, in the I mean, when you look like okay, so let's look let's look in the division, right? I mean, you've got Jalen Ramsey, obviously the you know best corner in, in football, but like yeah. the he's not going to be on. He's going to be on Debo. Right. So no, you're right. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I just think it was interesting in practice. Like basically what the secondary forced Trey to do was not throw, not to, he didn't test the corners very much. He looked at Mosley and Ward was like, I'm going to check down to running backs, tight ends. And when I get the opportunity, I'm going to hit the dig over the middle. He hit the dig over the middle six times. And the guy he hit twice to Ray Ray, twice to Dwelly. I can't make this stuff up. I'm just reporting what happened. And that's what he should be doing. Like right. they shouldn't be forcing it to any. To, nope. to I mean, yep. people kill Aaron Rodgers, but that's what he he that's what he makes a living off of. Like that's right. And it, look, I think if I think if Lance felt he had a matchup advantage outside, he'd be attacking. And I've seen him throw outside a lot, but on this day, he was like, "No, Debo, Dwelly's open." And those were big throws. I mean, he hit Dwelly for two fifteen yard gains. He hit Ray Ray for two fifteen yard gains. And Ray Ray, it was just seven on sevens, but. Caught the ball away from his frame in stride, exploded through. I mean, it looked that's honestly, he was the best offensive player on the field. It, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because I, it, it still bothers. Like, I don't get why can't Dwelly just be split out or, or play the slot sometimes? Like, it, I don't know. I don't, so I don't understand. But one thing, another thing, I'm just going on tangents here. Another thing I like about Trey Lance so far is that he definitely spreads the ball around. He's not like – I mean, Mullins would lock in. Jimmy would lock in. Lance makes a point of throwing the ball – I mean, at least in practice. He spreads the ball around. And if you go back and watch his start – not start. look at the the box score from the Houston start. He hit a bunch of different receivers in that game, which is nice. It's a nice thing to do. It's generous. Right. But I think the key is really – I think he's just hitting the open guy, right? That You want to do that. That's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that's I think that's what he's that's what he's, he's hitting he's hitting the open the open guy like, and I, especially at this stage right where it's it's in camp like that's what you want to get used to doing like there's not 
it, it you shouldn't be trying to force balls to anybody at this point. Yep. I think what we saw a lot to wrap this, this topic up with Jennings, he went off last year, but he was a fourth option on a team where the top three options are Kittle, Debo, and Ayuk. So there were there were times where Jennings was wide freaking open because teams were so freaked out about stopping the other guys. And like he had like uncontested touchdown catches. And I think what we're gonna see is Danny Gray and Ray McLeod benefit from the same type of phenomenon. Like when you're just when you're worried about how do I stop Debo and Kittle and Ayuk, it's like, oh, Ray McLeod end around for 30 yards. That's tough. I right. think each of these guys are really good fourth options in an offense. And then you got the running backs that I haven't even mentioned. And then obviously the and obviously right. the, the the deep ball. I mean, I, I know like you mentioned Kittle. I think last year I think Kittle Kittle shown he can be a red zone threat. Now you're gonna now you're talking about a guy that really can fit it in there for him. Um, you know you can have you can you can throw it up and let him high point it, which Kittle has shown he can do. I mean, absolutely, he has shown he can do it. He made a lot of those catches last year. Yeah, didn't he do it? He he did it. Uh, he did it with Lance on the third down, right? Oh, yep, 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 absolutely. Bryant, thank you for resubscribing, real quick. I just wanted to say that. You, you know who else? You don't know who else who can high point the ball? Ross. Yeah. Apparently, Ray Ray, even though he's not that yeah. big. Also, Jawan, of course. Ayuk for sure. Even Debo, even though he doesn't have the longest hands, longest arms, hands, longest arms. Yeah. Pretty much everyone on the team. I mean, Travis Benjamin's not here anymore. I don't know about Danny Gray. Well, I will have to see about that. I'm, right. I'm curious on that one. But I was impressed with Ray Ray because I haven't seen much of him, and he looked more like a complete receiver than I was expecting. I mean, right. if you've got if you've got two names as a first name, you're probably pretty good. Also, if you uh, spent a couple of years with the Steelers, you have their blessing as a wide receiver. Yeah, I would just I'm just saying he looks like he was. I don't know who their wide receiver coach is. I can look it up, but he's clearly excellent. The ben nickel Robert. position on defense. Is this a concern? Because right now the Niners are trying to act like losing Kwan Williams, who they always hyped up, and replacing him with Darquise Denard, who started like a cup, maybe a one game at nickel in his career, is is gonna be the money move. I'm open minded, but do you think it's a concern? It's definitely a concern. I mean, I, I would I would think you would have if you're gonna, if you're Darquez Denard, you would have a backup to that. Like, just in case Darquez Denard fails, like your solution should be, oh, uh, Emmanuel Mosley or um, a rookie from last year who didn't really play in the slot. Like, you should have maybe a guy that's played it before, um, and maybe there's a guy out there in free agency that they know that's gonna be there. They're like, all right, if this is not working out, we'll just go sign this guy. Um, K1. <laughs> I'm saying like they liked him last year. He I always thought K1 was actually good. He forces turnovers. Yeah. He had a pick in the championship game, right? He did. Did it who or did he did he, who did is, he tip it? Who was the corner and is he still out there? The corner that uh, the previous year he was he was on Seattle's roster and he played nickel and then he then he I think he tore in his Achilles or something like that with them. And he played he played in the nickel pretty well. He's he was on like Seattle's. They got him over from Seattle. I can't remember the name of the guy, but I wonder if he's. I wonder if he's out there because he played the nickel. It was in Salas last year. Um, he played the nickel pretty well when you before he got hurt. Oh yeah, I, I vaguely remember him. Yeah, but he tore his he tore his Achilles probably thirty. Yeah, yeah. Look, it seems to me like the Niners. You know, they they're saying Denard's the starter. 
that just means he's the vet. He's the oldest guy in the room, and he may have started one game there. So let's hope that one of our young guys overtakes him. And I just don't see why they would have any confidence in Diamador because it seems like his stock started up here and then just tanked as the season went on, as opposed to Talanoa, who they showed consistent confidence in. Not Diamador. I think they're kind of hoping that their fifth-round pick step, steps up and takes his job, which is a lot to hope from a fifth-round pick. I yeah, I mean, I don't know that he necessarily fits the fits the profile. I mean, Darquez does. I mean, he's a big corner. He's like two hundred five pounds. Got like he's a safe kind of safety frame. Um, I didn't realize this, but he's a first round draft pick. Um, oh yeah, Michigan State, twenty thirteen, right? Him and Justin Gilbert. Yeah, not two. Michigan State. Um, so I mean, one of the guys. It's it's sorry. not unheard of, like where a guy would learn, you know, started out, he's got some talent, played out, play outside. And then all of a sudden he trends, starts transitioning into the nickel role and maybe find some success there. Um, go ahead, go ahead. Like, wouldn't, 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 if you were the general manager of a team in the division of the Rams, wouldn't you want like a really good nickelback? I mean, you yeah, definitely yeah. got to face Cooper cup at least twice a year. And he destroyed, now he destroyed everyone last year, but I mean, the Denard is going to nothing against Denard, but I mean, that's a question for John Lynch. Like, wait, why is that? a? Would, I'm just saying I, I would prioritize. This would be a position of prior. This is a starting position against the Rams. What you could potentially do if you're, if your nickelback is, is weak, right. If it were weaker than last year, um, they definitely strengthen their outside. Right. No so, doubt. so what you could do is give help to your nickel and, and, um, as opposed to giving help to your outside, let your outside guys play, True. and you know, give let your linebackers, let your safeties help help on the nickel, or help with the nickel. Um, or you could just move Mosley in there. I mean, if you want to get your eleven best players on the field, probably I don't know if you can do it. Uh, we'll well, they should at least see. They should at least try it in practice. Yeah, yeah. Back in there. You can do it on passing downs. The problem is the problem is on 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 downs where there's a threat of the run. Um, that's where the problem lies because you have to be in in that nickel in that nickel position, especially with the the way the 49ers play. He's got to be able to play to, to play that B gap sometimes when when that, that the bubble's on his side. And if you're if you're kind of if you're a light, yeah, you're not going to be able to do that. No, you're saying I couldn't fill the B gap. <laughs> wow. Wow. Where's the loyalty? Okay, that's fine. Out the window. <laughs> no, you're right. Like the guy they have in the nickel also is undrafted free agent um Quantrez Knight, who looks like a safety. He looks really built. So I don't know. Where's, where's he from? Now, you're where's probably gonna want your best three corners are probably him, uh Ward and Ambry if Jason Fred isn't healthy. Quantrez Knight, where's he from? UCLA. Oh yeah. Chip Kelly. Seen how he was rallying the troops on the sideline against Stanford. I was there. Now, <laughs> and we won. We, we. Mostly because we. of Andrew, but I helped. All right. This is an interesting one to me. Do you think the 49ers are scapegoating Jaquaski Tart for losing the NFC championship? Now let me make the case. Because yeah. I think they are. Yeah. Uh they never considered bringing him back. And I don't think they will. Now, I know they like Talanoa Hafunga, but here's my evidence and support for the fact that they're not bringing him back. The fact. Not, well, Mike, hunch. They gave his number away fast. 
Number three, that's Ray Ray's number now. They gave his number to a player that's got guaranteed money and he's definitely making the team. So to me, they're like, goodbye, Jaquaski. And like, why would they turn on him so quickly? I mean, they wanted to ter- transition to Talanoa last year, but couldn't because they kept feeling like Tart gave him a better chance to win. But I think the way that season ended, I mean, there's no guarantee they would have gone to the Super Bowl if he had just caught that layup of a interception that he dropped. But they might have. It really would have changed things, and he dropped it. And probably any other DB on the team would have caught it. And I think they, or maybe not, but in their mind, I think they feel like, you know what? Can't even look at you anymore. <laughs> Get out of here. G- give us your jersey. Give us your jersey number. You're, it's over. Do you think I'm wrong? Because that's the way I look at it. I, I guess and no, right? Like, I, I don't think they're scapegoating him for the loss for, for the Super Bowl, but I do think they it's been on their mind to transition away from him for a while. Like, right? They barely brought him back last year. They brought him back on what? Didn't they pay him like a thousand dollars last year or something? Something like that. Like, yeah, I see. They they did sign him late. That's a good point. They did. Yeah, they signed him late on a super cheap on a super cheap deal. I I never thought they would get him on that kind of deal, and they brought him back. You know, we all know they have some kind. They have they have a love for Talanoa Fanga, Um, and so I think, in my opinion, I think they probably did not want to bring uh, Jaquaski back because they wanted the clearest path for Hufanga to start. Um, and they were re- they've been ready to move off them for off of him for like two years now. Uh, so again, I, I think you're right on you're right on uh, with they didn't have they don't have a desire to bring. And I doubt they would have to get they'd have to lose to go down through their safeties, and Chukwaski would be still out there like in the middle of the season, and then they might consider signing him. But I, I don't think the, the number thing it's a big deal. Let me tell you, as a as a high school coach, you know how quick those single digits go. Like, them MFers are like hotcakes, man. Like, those kids will fight over those things. All I'm saying is, Kwan Williams had 24, which is a pretty good. I have some famous 24s in the history of the of sport. Charles Woodson was 24. Yeah, but that's because they didn't allow single digits. I'm just saying. Still, it's a prestigious number. They gave it to Kadar Holman, who, no offense, isn't probably gonna probably isn't gonna make the team. Twenty four is gonna be available week one if if K one <laughs> needed. The door is open for K one to come back. But Tart, if he were to come back, you'd have to have some whole. You can't have twenty nine because that's that's Talanoa. You can't have three. That's Ray Ray. I don't think he's coming back, man. I think he could, he have, could, he have, could he have ten? John Lynch have- at safety than Tukwaski Tart at this point. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think he wants ten? So he's waiting for Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe. Can he wear ten? I don't. I think that's off. He could be nine. Oh, no, it's got to be. It's got to be single. It's got to be single digits or or in the or in the the twenties or in the twenties to twenty to forties. Definitely tens out. Sorry. I really think that they were like, they gave away that number as fast as possible. I think there's something about it. They won't say it, but I think they feel like man. Anyone should have. You should have caught that. Should have caught that ball. And if you had caught the ball, we probably would have gone to the Super Bowl. Maybe they're wrong. I don't know. It feels a little. It feels a little wrong. Actually, it's not fair. It's Jaquaski. No, he played, he played well that year. He did. Should caught and, it, but it wasn't his fault. And I would say you know what you knew what Jaquaski was when when you brought him. Like you know what he was. You know what he does well. You know what he doesn't do well. Um, and for what he did, really, he. What he does well, he did really well for you, right? Like, yeah, yeah. And 
I think that drop is only amplified because they couldn't they couldn't score touchdowns. They couldn't. Look, all I'm saying is I didn't know what Ray Ray's number was. I went to OTAs last week. I saw him run by me. He had number three. And my first thought was, damn, that's cold. That's cold. What did Jukowski Tart do to get the door closed on him? Because I was thinking maybe they might bring him back. You know what I'm saying? They might bring him back, maybe. It's it's kind of crazy that he doesn't have a job at all. Like Kind of crazy he doesn't have a job I, at all. Like, there, What happened? He's definitely a starting safety. In this he season. played reasonably well last year. Right. He was a net positive on the defense last year. No Absolutely. question. Absolutely. Like, you can't look around the league and be like, oh, well, that's – there's not a starting safety position that he could play. Hold on. Let me let me real quick. 49ers signed Tart 2021. Let me what, – when did they sign him last year? I thought it was – it was before – it was definitely before camp. Yeah, I, if someone could find that out, I'd like to know because I he might have been a free agent at this time. I didn't know Kwan Williams was still out there. Is he? Is I he not? He, I thought he signed somewhere. I thought he. I want. Didn't he sign with like the Broncos or something? Did he sign with the Broncos? Oh wow! Just forget everything I just said. Kwan Williams, huh? He's on the Broncos, right? The Broncos. Whoops. Dang, they the, the Broncos took Kwan Williams, Tom Compton. DJ Jones, that's crazy. You had me at Tom Compton. Man, should we go back and talk about the Nicholas again? <laughs> Oops. Wow, K1's on the Broncos, huh? Wow. Who'd they give Compton's jersey to? What was Compton's number again? <laughs> was it like 66? Yeah. I don't know. I think they <laughs> – Wow. Man, K1's gone. I didn't even realize that they got a problem. Do you see a Funga being better than Whitner or Goldson? No, I mean, I've not been a, I have not been a, a Funga touter. I, I haven't. Um, now, I, I guess he Goldson looks hit harder than most than any, than a, he hits super freaking hard. I don't yeah. know. Let's do hit really hard. I haven't seen a Funga hit like that. I don't know if you're even allowed to hit like that anymore. Those no. guys hit super hard. I mean, Whitner Whitner played really well for the Niners when he was when he was there. Um, yeah, if I remember correctly, he was a bust in Buffalo, a first round pick who was like five ten and ran a four three, but uh-huh. he was not particularly great in man to man coverage. Here, they had him playing like quarters, quarters and stuff, and they had Patrick Willis in man to man coverage, and he was, I mean, Whitner was terrific at that role. So I personally, I personally am not, I don't see. Fanga being better than either of those two, but who knows? I mean, I've been wrong before, so. Uh, FortNarnersFaithful.org, five bucks. Thank you very much. Man, the K1 thing just blew my How did I not know that? How did I forget that? Of course he got signed. He's good. Tart's the one who's a free agent. That's strange. <laughs> Man. He's got to be on a roster, but when. Uh, it... So Jimmy Garoppolo being on the, on the roster cost the 49ers a starting nickelback and a starting left guard, although Aaron Banks might be good. Okay. All right. We'll see what they got. I mean, you could look at it. You could look at it a lot of different ways. You could look at it like, yeah. could they have signed a center and, you know, and just be like, all right, Mac, if you want to reti- just retire, like we're good. Um, also, if they had gotten rid of, sorry, if they had gotten rid of Jimmy, they could have signed someone like Tyrod Taylor to be a backup. And still had money left over. Yeah. There is that. They could have had Tart, although apparently – Anyone could have tart at this point. Okay, last topic. Javon Kinlaw. Let's say he's healthy this year. 
the whole year. What would that mean to the 49ers? I think if he's healthy, they could they they could have the best defensive line in football if he's if he's healthy. I think um, it was interesting because I started to look back at his college stats, right? Because uh, I remember um, back in college, I, I felt like he was he was a good pass rusher in in college, um, and he uh, I know people throws PFF ratings out there when they when it suits their needs um it suits my need right now so he was he was he did have a high pass rush rating as, from pff and generally their grades do actually pan out from college prospect to pro pro prospect um and the one thing that he did do i mean i believe his if i remember right um if you look at his college stats uh he did deflect the ball yeah that's what i was gonna say that's what i was gonna say he had so, 10 sacks in college and eight pass breakups, and that carried over to the NFL too. Like his his rookie year, he had four pass breakups and one one and a half sacks. Even if he's not getting the quarterback, he and he had a, he had a, he had a pick six. He did. He's actually really uh, good at reading the quarterback and better than Buckner and Armstead, who are taller than him. Correct. Yeah. So and and I think like when you're looking at a sack total, like I don't think I don't think you're gonna look at. I mean, even even Buckner, right? Buckner is not close to like Aaron Donald numbers. Like Aaron Donald's just a different animal. Um, so I think if Javon got like seven, if you got like seven, six sacks out of him, that's a pretty good, that's pretty good for an interior, an interior guy. And then obviously um, what, what he can do in the, in the run game uh, certainly helps. And, and, and another thing, I think if you talk to, if you talk to, offensive linemen and ask them what give, what gives you more trouble power or speed i think the majority of them are going to tell you power um in fact I, on vacation i ran i actually ran into a, a collegiate offensive offensive lineman it, it, it's fun uh i was i was at a resort um and i was uh I, all the guy people i were running into a were running into were like canadians and all i'm like oh my god here's a Six foot five black guy with a with a football t shirt on. I know this guy's American. No, he was Canadian, but he he played American sport. But uh, I talked to him for a little bit, and he said he was an offensive tackle, and he uh, he said power, power, power gave him more problems, and that's what Kinlaw has. Yeah, you know it's interesting with him. He's like if he's healthy. I don't know how much he's been healthy since college, um, but I, I'm looking back at his game log. And he didn't really – he wasn't a productive pass rusher his first two years. But then his last year, 2019, he legitimately had four sacks in his first four games and five sacks in his first six games. So maybe he was fully healthy at that point and he was a productive pass rusher. He didn't really – he kind of tailed off and didn't – he only had one sack the final six games. But maybe he maybe he got hurt. I mean, I, I don't know what his story is with his knee. If he, I know he had full ACL reconstruction this offseason. So if he if if he if he's like a hundred percent healthy, maybe there is like a a pass rusher there. Um, I, I wonder. I feel like with him, like it's gonna matter how healthy he is this offseason because I still think I he needs some refinement in terms of technique. I, mean, I, I could be wrong, but I've seen him in one on ones and he really struggled with Lakin Thomason. So I think if he could be healthy all offseason and just go through the one on ones, practice, learn, improve, uh, and stay healthy. Yeah, he might be able to be really freaking good. Um, but, I, but I think he can – I want to see how, how long he can be healthy consistently for. Because what I've seen the past from him is he'll have a week where he practices and then a week where he's like kind of half going, half not practicing. 
and it's hard to improve when you when your body won't let you consistently be out there, right? Right. He's got to he's got to be able to consistently be out there right. for the most part in practice, but then yeah. also uh, you know, you know, uh, playing games, right? Because even he did fight through and play some and play some games, and he didn't and he didn't practice. But I, I don't think. But then he he wasn't available and the. For the I mean, if I remember correctly, he was out there all of his rookie offseason. Yeah. Now that there was no there was no OTAs and stuff then, but there was training camp. He was out there. He was doing the one on ones. He played most of his rookie year. He was good against the run. Very good against the run. It's just from for where he was drafted and who he got traded for. Got to be a pass rusher. And and the other thing I think if you look back at his college, like he played at South Carolina. It's not like he played at Alabama or I think where they had like 20, 25 million guys. Like so when you when you're a defensive lineman, you play at Alabama, you're getting one on ones pretty much down the line because you're the next guy over is is as good as you, or maybe he might be better. Um, right, right. And, that's true. Same thing at Ohio State, right? It's hard to double team people because everyone's great. Yeah, everyone's a five star. It's not like South Carolina. South Carolina didn't have a bunch of Javon Kinlaws on 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 the line. It was like, hey, this guy's their best player. We we need to stop this guy. Like, yeah. Right. So he had everyone keyed on him, and he played in the SEC. So like for him to do all of that, it, it really does say something on the South Carolina team. Um, so I, I think he I, I think he's if he's healthy, he can help the 49ers really. They might they might have the best defensive line in football if he if if he's healthy and and is able to progress. Cause I think in my personal opinion, I think that kind of what you said is, is, is what's been preventing him is he's, he's needed to be able to learn um, the NFL game. And he's not been able to learn cause he hasn't been out there enough. Right. Right. Now, if, if he's healthy this year, he immediately improves the run defense because DJ Jones leaving and now turning, I, I don't know who the starting, I mean, he's just starting nose tackle. So if, if he's not healthy, then the starting nose tackles, Kevin Givens, Hassan Ridgeway, the run defense could be an issue. Uh, if he's out there, the run defense should not be an issue. Um, I just want to know what kind of a pass rush is he going to be? Because I feel like, again, when I saw his rookie year was a guy who had who had been used to bullying offensive linemen his whole life. And he's no way he's going to bully Lakin Tomlinson. He might be able to bully Aaron Banks. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe. He might be. He, he might be able to bully uh, Daniel Brunskill. I think he might. But there's always going to be these teams with someone like Lake and Tomlinson or better. And does he have the finesse, really, the wiggle, the hand usage, the skill to beat that guy? Once Did he, didn't he go at it with Alex Mack last year, if I remember right? Was it him? It was Alex Mack went on went at it with a, a defensive lineman, I think, fairly early in camp. In training camp? I think so. It didn't get out right. like it didn't sounds go right. out to like a full blown fight or anything, but like I think they they had some words and that sounds right. I'm I'm sure a bunch of people wrote about it. I'm sure you could search it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I, I would I I've expected a big year from for freaking law uh, and and this defensive line. Um, so I, I I'm no I'm in no position to uh, predict about Kinlaw's knee. I don't know. I'm hoping I don't know either. But I'm, I'm, yeah. Since I, since I've been on the Kinlaw, I've been on the Kinlaw uh, van yeah. from the from the beginning. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride it until he he proves me wrong. So uh, I know what I want to see from him in, in training camp. I mean, he doesn't need to be playing right now. He just needs to get healthy and be ready for training no, camp. No, what I want to see. I'll let I'll let you know if I see it. I mean, yeah. he should be able to be Aaron Banks when one in those one on one drills. I expect he will. I expect he will. And really, that doesn't even prove that much, frankly. Although Aaron Banks might be a baller now. Who knows? We'll see. 
But I think yeah. Kim Law's Kim Law's way bigger than Aaron. I don't know. We'll see. I'm kidding. It also gives it also gives the 49ers two humongous interior linemen in in Armstead and humongous in in Kinlaw. And when Kinlaw was playing before Armstead was outside, I don't think they've really done this that much together. I'm curious to see how, how that goes. Yeah, uh, and it's it sounds like right they're gonna keep they're keeping Armstead inside. I think so. I haven't seen him play outside yet. Okay. The Jedi says, I find it funny when you say something about a player. Everyone has to give their take. Trey Lance gets criticized by the media and journalists. Quiet. Um, yeah. I know, uh, right? With Trey coming in, like when you're, if you're a quarterback, you got to, you have to really expect to be criticized and put everything and just get drilled by, by the media. It's, it's going to happen ever. I mean, it happens on every team. Like even the 49ers have certain like expectations and a certain legacy with their quarterbacks, but like, look at other teams, their, their quarterbacks are getting it too. Uh, Marcano Ray says Debo went to South Carolina. And so did Kidlaw confirmed. Confir- he looked it up, confirmed. Does did Debo send Kinlaw to send Grant a message? Question mark. Oh man. Now we're getting into fan fiction. I don't know. No. Grant has Grant has been on has been supporting Debo from from the jump. I mean, he's been yeah. telling he's been telling the Niners to pay Debo and and all of that. I mean, the only thing I maybe that Debo doesn't like is that like Grant called him out saying that there's a, there is a situation when Debo said there's not, but was really posting about it but <laughs> i don't know i don't know i don't know it's been an, it's been a wild off season i'm trying to I'm, I'm not trying to make myself the center of everything i'm not trying to make myself the story i was just gonna go and write the good the not so good and leave that's what i'm planning on doing tomorrow can i make it out of there without becoming a national story i hope please are you gonna wear the hat and say who did good and who did not so good and then ask a few questions about who's in the best shape of their life and why and go home and have dinner with my wife. That's my plan for tomorrow. Let's see if I can make that happen. It's the last week I failed. Miserably. So we'll see. Quiet for a quiet Wednesday. Are you going to wear the hat? <laughs> no, because I'm no longer rough nor ready. Okay? I'm no, it's over. I've been traumatized. That hat has bad cut. No. I, I think I gave off the wrong vibe. I'm not rough and ready. You should give it. To, you should give it to Javon Kinlaw. Oh man! One day, hopefully, hopefully I will. If we're if we're cool, but not now. Anyway, thanks for watching. Uh, I'll be in Santa Clara tomorrow. We're gonna see uh, more Trey Lance without Debo and Kittle. That kind of ups the degree of difficulty. Now there's no Bosa and Fred. Well, it'll be interesting. It's going to be the Ray Ray McLeod show, as we all know. Ray Ray and his teammates practicing tomorrow. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it, as Chris Rock would say, just before getting slapped in the face. All right. Thank you very much, everyone. I will see you later. Oh, wait. Hold on. Anyone in the Niners organization ever threatened to revoke your press pass? Uh, Yes, but a long time ago. Uh, Not John Lynch, not the current PR director, but a long time ago, 10 years ago over the Anthony Davis thing. And they were unsuccessful, by the way. Unsuccessful. What's for dinner? Man, that's none of your business. I don't even know. I'll have to ask. Thanks for watching. Oh, I'm going to make Rat Bastard. I'm going to make Rat Bastard t-shirts. Don't worry. I'm going to make Rat Bastard t-shirts. Don't you worry. Thank you. Pat, Pat Mac. I forgot his name. Pat Mac. You, you know, Pat Mac.